You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bilingual American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what this topic is about. And we say bilingual because this, uh, this show is also in uh, Spanish. Español. Uh, El Dalap, which is a top ten podcast in Mexico. That's right. Shooting the guns. Shooting the guns. Uh, that's what you do. Uh, Tragedy, this beginning is. When you are experiencing victory. Okay, let's just... This is... Might be time to stop. Stop uh, shooting? Show. The, or, uh, the, podcast. the podcast? Just yes. this one? We haven't done the topic yet. Yeah, no, the whole thing feels like it's over. The sh- the, this episode. It's not, though, because we, we haven't even done the theme song. That's how wrong you are about... We have a theme song? Perfect throw. I'm going to do it now. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy! On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> Come on, Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep till hippo! No sleep till hippo! <laughs> Action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> July 20th, 1887. Great time. This is so not it. Okay, that's a first. I think you should keep that in. Why did it pull up the wrong document? This is our first switcheroo. July 5th, 1856. Oh, my God. All right, not too far off. No, it's not. You can see why I was confused, because two gentlemen named Floyd... Honestly, you could just keep it from the first one. I don't think I'd... Yeah, that's all the same. I'm not coming at you. Floyd Allen was born in the town of Kana, which I probably should have looked up because someone's going to say. It's Kana. Kana. In in Carroll County, Virginia. His father... His uh, his father, Jeremiah, fought in the Civil War for the Confederates. And uh, he also became a prominent landowner, owner, farmer, and held political offices. Okay. They were a very wealthy family. Uh, he became a prominent, uh, Jeremiah became a prominent landowner, farmer. He held political offices. He was also a big moonshine producer. And, uh, there he we was, go. He was known in the county for fist fighting and not being able to handle any slight against him. Well, that's just the condition of someone who moonshines. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just, that, all that's saying is this guy's been drinking moonshine. He's yeah. got a quick temper, and his speech is slurred. He can't balance well, but he always wants to duel. It's really part of the business. Like, when you want to go yeah. into moonshining, they're like, can you handle slights? And you're like, no. They're like, we think you're going to love our company. You're going to enjoy it a lot over here. Uh, a very large uh, family, uh, three girls and seven boys. Okay. Floyd was the second oldest. Now, Floyd's temper was so bad as a child that his mother had to tie him up with a rope on more than one occasion. Jesus Christ, that is... That's how you handle that. You've got to treat your child like a bandit. 
You gotta, you gotta tie them down. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta teach, teach them like a wild pig. You know, you gotta uh, rope right. them up and. and I wish put... Floyd had pulled out on old. I wish. Wait, what's? Uh, whoa, whoa, what's whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, never mind. Whoa. No, I don't mean. No, what's my Jeremiah? That's what I meant. <laughs> Freudian slip. I don't have a thing for Floyd. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm not tying him up as some sort of kink. What are you talking about? The Allens, uh, as a clan, enjoyed individuality. The original settlers in the area grew their own food, made their own goods, depended on themselves and some close neighbors. They just didn't understand how to do it the white way. (laughs) Out of this came an almost religious love for freedom and an incredible self-confidence. So just the individual, rugged individual type uh, sort of setup. Sure. Federal government was backed, but also loathed when it did things like tax whiskey. Right. The locals saw uh, their refusal to obey such laws as completely justified. So people just basically were like, ignore the whiskey tax because it's such BS. If it was something they didn't like, they're like, fuck that. That's absolutely not happening. And I'm right. I wish we dealt with laws like that now. Yeah. Uh, the Allen family seemed to hold on to their feverish independence longer than most people in the area. So at this point, it's fading away a little bit compared to other people, other families. Okay. But they're still they're still really hanging hanging tough. Okay. So Floyd Floyd became a farmer, a uh, storekeeper, sometimes politician, also. Sure. In, in Carroll County, he also dabbled in moonshine and sure. was said to be very generous. Okay. So he's doing so, a lot. Generous with people he liked, probably. Uh, he also had sure. stints as a constable and a deputy sheriff. So it's he was a resume. Th- throughout the story, sometimes he'll be a constable or a deputy sheriff, and sometimes he won't. And it was too he hard to like keep. sounds like an extra in this story, <laughs> not the main component. He could do anything. He could be a doctor in the background. He could be a constable. He could be a window washer. He does dogs. He can play a dog. Very dogs. convincing dogs. There, that's Floyd. <laughs> Good boy. He loves to act. Oh, oh, he must smell some talent. Larry really freaks out when I bark. By the way, when I bark That's at good. him, yeah, good, good, good. He doesn't. He doesn't understand. Like I'm trying to talk to him on his level, and he just gets weirded out. Yeah, it would be weird. Uh, so the Allens were staunch Democrats. Uh, they were also well known for violence. Okay. And it's mostly a Republican county. The area they're in leans more Democratic, but you know the it's more Republican. Um, okay. Many Allens over the years held office, and a lot of politicians owed the Allen family for their support over the years. So they had sort of like a, a capital. Yeah, they had they had a, a group of people who did their bidding throughout you know the area. Okay. Uh, in the late 1880s, Floyd, his brother Sidna, it's so this is weird, S I D N A. Mm-hmm. But I was watching a video, and someone said that's pronounced Sydney. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, but we're going to call him Sid, because some people call him Sid. Let's just get past okay. all that. Sure. Uh, and then they had another brother, Garland. So Floyd, Sid, and Garland uh, were not happy that a railroad was being planned to cut through part of the county. So they went to a meeting to discuss the railroad, uh, the, whoever was putting the railroad together, and the brothers went, and they threw rocks at the railroad rep, leaving him, quote, considerably bruised and beat up. <laughs> okay, good. That is much, 
a much more effective way than making people wait in line to just go up to a microphone. That's right. At like council meetings, if you could just heave rocks to show dis- displeased. Well, what, 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 what's better? When you go up and you say, look, I think if you put this railroad through our, uh, our county, it'll split the county in two. Uh, it'll, it'll create a lot of uh, factions and friction. Uh, or if you just p- stood up and yeah. threw a rock at someone's head. One, you just go, oh, that's just not how we see it. The other, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, get, <laughs> I have to go. All right, fine. The railroad tra- uh, rep tried to bring legal action against the Allens, but, but he had a hard time. they threw rocks at the lawyers. That's right. He had a hard time finding a lawyer. Right. One refused to work with him because he lived close to the Allens and was worried they would kill his stock and burn his house down. Jeez, so this is quite a reputation. Uh, after another lawyer agreed, the railroad rep came back and said he was dropping the case because the Allens had, quote, made a demonstration against him. So they, I mean, they basically, like this guy was like, they're going to kill me. <laughs> yes, that's right. 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 In May 1889, Garland and Sid were arrested uh, for assaulting a group of 13 men. Okay. So they att- they attacked thirteen men and they got they got arrested. Right, it's like Double Dragon video game. It's just, just I mean, it's like any video game where there's just two characters and you fight everyone else. That's right. But then when you do it, you do the thing where like you're fighting one guy, but then in the background there's another ten guys just standing there like when it's my shot to get in <laughs> instead of all just gang tackling. Right. I've seen it over and over again. Yeah. Um, uh, the two brothers were fined a total of five dollars. Worth it. Floyd was also arrested for assault around the same time, but the prosecutor declined to prosecute. Garland said (laughs) Floyd's biggest fault was his, quote, uncontrollable temper. It seems like it's his greatest asset. Yeah. It seems like everybody's like, you can't do anything to him. He's like Superman. He's crazy. He'll kill you. He's from Krypton. He's got a hell of a temper. No, no, no. You don't want to mess with that guy. He's got suit rocks. Uh, by the time uh, Floyd had reached adulthood, his temper was legendary in the county. That's good. So he grew, he grew with it. Yes. Not out of it. That's right. A federal tax agent once stopped Floyd's wagon and said he had an, a warrant to inspect it for moonshine. Can we just also talk about the power that you had as a tax agent back then. Yeah. I'm going to pull over the wagon for tax problems. Woo! 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 Why are you making that noise with your mouth? Woo! Woo! <laughs> you're wondering why I pulled you over? No, I'm, I'm wondering about the noise you're making with your mouth. Can I see a 1040 or a W-2 for me, please? <laughs> yes, here you go. There's my 1040. Here's my All W-2. Right. Okay. Yeah. I signed that. Floyd, huh? Yeah. Interesting. You have any uh, write-offs in the car with you tonight? What are you guys have, doing? What are you guys getting uh, up to? I have, I have two write-offs. I'm having a business dinner with a friend. Interesting. And right. I also bought a uh, book for research. Step out of the wagon, please, sir. I don't want to make uh, this any harder than it has to be. Can't. I'm, Step out of the wagon. I'm an accountant, so I'd love it if you would. Oh, maybe that's where the mix-up is. I'm actually a murderer. Oh, um, all right. I, it's not. It's not my job. I just do it on the side. It's like a. So it's not a profession. You would not have that no. listed on any of your tax doc. No, no. A pro- profession. Right. Profession. I'm a moonshiner, but then my secondary is uh, I, I kill people, particularly federal uh, people. 
it's the holidays. I think I might be a nice guy and let you guys go. All right? But uh, don't be writing off anything extra tonight, okay? Okay. All right. As you were. By the way, one of your uh, taillights doesn't exist. So. Mm. so this is what actually happened. Oh, sorry. Floyd uh, asked if the federal agent had a warrant, and he did, and he looked okay. at it. And then he said, this here paper entitles you to go into that wagon, but it don't say nothing about you coming out. Jesus Christ. And then the So tax- just a very simple murder pitch. <laughs> and then the tax agent left. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Well, I guess I probably shouldn't enter if I can't leave. Take care, Floyd. <laughs> Good stuff, everybody. Take some of this money, would you? Uh, in February... 1898, there, there was tension, a lot of tension between Floyd and his brother Jack. Uh, and then their father died, Jeremiah died, and Sid had been, he was made the main estate administrator, but Sid, Sid had other plans. Sid, was, he had gold rush fever, he, is, he wanted to go to Alaska, and then Hawaii, which I don't know how Hawaii fits in, but he wanted to go to Alaska to mine and then go to Hawaii so he withdraws as the administrator. He's like, I'm out. I'm not going to do that. And then, okay. Jack, and then Jack becomes the administrator of the estate. Now, his dad had moonshine when he died. There was moonshine on the estate that hadn't been sold. Okay. And then Jack didn't have it appraised. Okay. So this made Floyd... It's amazing to think of someone appraising moonshine. I know. I know. Oh, that's really bad. It's $100. <laughs> wow. God damn, that burns. Uh, so Floyd is furious, and the two brothers' anger... So there's already tension. Now it's just full-blown anger, and Floyd sues Jack, okay. and then a court date is set. So while they're waiting for the court date, in June 1998, a cousin, Carr Allen, was shot and killed. Carr? Carr. C-A-R-R. Carr. That's a dumb I mean, name. there's no cars yet, so... Oh, right. Okay. Right. Fair. In my head, there's cars. I mean, it's one of those things, like, can you imagine, like, your name's Carr, and then they invent cars? You're like, oh. this really messes with me. No, it, my, my uncle, Automobile Anthony, had the worst fucking time... <laughs> When cars, came yeah, on. that's like a great uncle skateboard Reynolds. <laughs> uh, so he gets killed by these two brothers. One of the two okay. brothers, who it was believed actually shot the gun, was taken from. They were both arrested, and so he gets taken from the local jail the night before the grand jury is convening. A local wrote, "Quote: The next morning, as I went to my office, his body was lying in full view of the courthouse in front of the jail." Court sat and charged the grand jury, but made no reference to whatever, whatever to the lynching. So what? There's two brothers that are supposed to be, you know, a part of this grand jury investigation. And uh, and one of them gets killed and then they don't even talk about it. They just hold the grand jury hearing. They only talk about the other brother. (laughs) What? The court court uh, set bail for the alive brother. The only record that came close to mentioning the killing was an expense report. T.J. Burnett was paid for, quote, one night guarding Mac and Andrew Hallett 
So the guy guarding the jail got paid for guarding the jail when he allowed the Allens to come in and take the brother and kill him. What kind of weird <laughs> avoidance? That's like how like a parent, like it's like a person in total denial of the, like, how is that even possible? Yeah. I mean, nobody is like, should we talk about car? De- what about dead guy in the street? There's a dead so guy. One of them's dead. Should we? Yeah, the, uh, I don't see. I don't see the relevance in this case as to one of the defendants dying. Uh, also, I have this uh, expense uh, receipt. Oh, this is relevant. This will work with. I guarded the Mac. The guy, dead guy, I guarded him. But also the other guy, the alive guy, I guarded too. Uh, I, uh, 50%. It's pretty good. Pretty 50%. 50, Pretty good. That's half. Yeah. So. The case over their father's estate went to trial in October 1899. Now, I don't know what happened because what happened after kind of took the attention away. A non-newspaper, quote, Floyd Allen shot first, the ball striking his brother Jack Allen in the forehead, glancing around the skull, making a painful, though not serious, wound. Uh. Floyd was shot three times, once in the arm, one time in the leg, and a third shot entering the left side of the body, the latter being the most serious shot fired during the difficulty. So they just shot each other? Yeah, I believe out in the street after the, after the verdict so or whatever happened, they shot yeah, each other. So the verdict, they did not enjoy the verdict. They no. did not agree with the verdict. So they just took it to the streets to shoot each other. Well, I feel like the verdict didn't. It didn't settle the issues, so this doesn't is... sound like it settled it. At least for one or two parties. So Floyd battled f- for life for several weeks. Uh, at one point, it seemed like he had taken a turn for the worst. So he sent for Jack to make peace with Jack. He quote okay. uh, before he quote crossed the divide. So Jack comes very sadly, and he approaches Floyd's bed. And when Floyd looks over and sees. Uh, Jack sniffling, you know, holding in the tears. Uh-uh. Floyd reached under his pillow and grabbed his gun and tried to shoot Jack. <laughs> but <laughs> another brother stepped in and uh. he grabbed he grabbed Floyd's arm before he could shoot. That's why you have ten kids. <laughs> um, Floyd ended up uh, ended up recovering from his wounds anyway. <laughs> what an amazing move, Jack! I need you to come here. I want to. I want to bury the hatchet and make peace. Oh, brother. I don't know. I can't believe I almost killed my brother. My brother's almost dead. You son of a bitch. I'll kill you. Wait, Jack. No. Floyd. Jack. This is it. Son of a. You're the worst deathbed guy ever. <sighs> I don't have the energy to kill you. So after they both are better, uh, they're both charged with assault. Okay, great. <laughs> but again, sure. this is a county court. Uh, the Allens are part of the power structure. So the right. judge declared it had been a family quarrel, seemed settled, and said they were both not guilty. You know, uh, the more that I look at the facts from the trial, the more it just seems like a bit of a goof. It's goofy. Also, uh, it seems like if, a, if a, a couple of brothers would shoot each other, then they would shoot a judge. So I'm going to go with uh, your goof. Both. Great. You're, it goof. was a goof. A total, total a goof. This is just, we're chalking this up to a bit of a goof. And uh, that's all it is. And so it's just two brothers who goofed. And um, 
And that's all this is. And yeah. um, and if anyone else were to do this, it would be a crime. But this is just, I, I hate to keep saying it, a classic goof. It is just a big, yeah. it is a big goof. Um, so that'll be recess. And uh, and there'll be no murdering in the streets after this, leading to another goof. Because those are such just big goofs. Uh, so that's that. All right? There we go. Banging the gavel. Uh, so Floyd became the patriarch of the family. Um, uh, Sid comes back from Alaska. He spent nine months away. Uh, he builds a mansion that quickly, uh, right after it was finished, burned down. And then he collected the insurance money and built a much smaller house. <laughs> okay, what a run. So did he get a bunch of gold then? <laughs> no, I couldn't figure it out. Uh, I think he just traveled. But remember, they're already rich. Like, they already right. all have money. Right. In, 1901, in 1901, there were several black men walking to their jobs at a nearby mine. And they passed by Floyd's home. Now, there's different reports of what happened. I found like oh, four boy. newspaper stories. They're all different. One just said Floyd went out to confront them. Sure. Another How said, dare they? <laughs> another said the men uh, randomly started shooting for no reason. Now, I'm going to say uh, that me, one. Let me guess which one leans closer to reality. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Virginia, 1901. I'm going to say mm. black, black dudes probably not randomly shooting uh, for fear of uh, Hey, murder. you know what's not hard enough? Life. Yeah. So either way, Floyd confronted the group. Uh, he said one man pulled his gun first, and Floyd shot him and killed him. Sure. But sure, sure, he's sure. also... I definitely a, believe that too, right? He's a constable at this point, and he also killed the black dude, so uh, nothing happens. Right. He investigates himself later at the house. Yeah. Oh, I, I looked into it, and I'm actually fine. Uh, all right, was... all right, then. I understand you were in the street earlier having a confrontation. That's right, it was, officer. Well, oh, well, sounds like you shot him uh, completely unprovoked then, didn't you? No, not really. He pulled the pistol first. Oh, well, sounds like we've uh, crossed the T's, dotted the I's, the investigation's closed, as you were, my friend. Thank you, Constable. Uh, don't need to thank me. Thank yourself. Yeah. Do you see that guy just talking to himself? Uh, what's going on over here, then? Don't worry, well, then... they're with me. <laughs> so, in 1904, there was a change in the court system. Uh, it was now controlled from the outside by the state government. Mm-hmm. So, this would make it more difficult for the Allens to get away with crimes. Right. Now, that year, one of Floyd's brothers was selling his farm, and Floyd, Floyd wanted to buy it, but they couldn't settle on a price. And then a guy named Coombs swooped in and agreed to pay the asking price. At the same time, he ignored Floyd. Floyd had told him to, quote, not butt in. Okay. Interesting. So Floyd shot Coombs. Sure. Sure. Uh, Coombs did not die, but Floyd was arrested for assault. And in court... Oh, you're going downtown, you are? What do you mean? I didn't do anything. Oh, not this time. I'm not fooled for that again. But you're me. Oh, uh, that logic never gets you anywhere, does it? Should have thought about that before you put one inside of him, mate. <laughs> so, in court, the prosecutor asked the judge to disarm Floyd because, quote, if he was convicted and given either a penitentiary or jail sentence, he would not hesitate to resist. On what grounds? Oh, never mind. All the shooting people, the sh- right, uh, shot right. a lot. Right, right, forgot you about it. Your- yeah. 
Sure. Yep. Fair enough. He shot a bunch of people. Uh, the judge refused because that would let men like Floyd think that the courts were scared of them. <laughs> you gotta love that. The legal system's posturing. Uh, Your Honor, I would like to say we are scared of them, so maybe no, we we're should. Not. We're not. We will not back down. No, we're not. We will get but, shot. We will uh, get killed. No, that's actually what... We will get skinned. We will I... get hung up. We will... They could turn us into flags and put them over what? the mansion at half mass for all we care. We will not back down. I want to back down. The court... Now, hold on. We're in this together. The court is also instituting a glass jar that the judge will be in. Uh, we will not back down. Uh, we will not d- let these tactics of fear Wait, sorry, change the, our conviction. What hold was on, the jar? Just, what was they're the going to put thing? a jar over me, and uh, then they'll put some holes in the top so I can breathe. Uh, just uh, This is just legal uh, jargon for a jar. Uh, jargon. <laughs> That's fun. But we will, the point is, the conviction of the law and the court and the people who represent it are stronger than the will to deter those from believing in these important institutions. Screw it on real tight. That's good. All right. I feel good in here. That's good. Yeah. So I don't think anything's getting through there. It's a glass And I'll be armed, too. I'm sorry, it's hard to it's hear a, through that. What it's it a did? glass jar? This jar is glass. Yes, this is a glass jar. Yes. Do you but not it's fine. think that bullets huh? can go through glass? Well, can they? The... Yes. Yes. Are we yeah, sure? They can go through. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, that... sir. Yes, Your Honor. All right. Well, well then, then maybe it's time for us to back down until a containment unit for me is found that works and stops bullets. Let's start there. Who knows what stops bullets? Raise your hand and I'll call on you like a school. Yes, up front. Uh, uh, bone. Okay, that's a dark pitch. Um, <laughs> not what I'm after. Yes, over there. The uh, lady with the hard, deep voice. Hard to shoot through cows. Good. So I would say meat. Good. Good. All right. I think I've heard enough. I will conduct business from inside of a cow. There we go. There we go. Great. Order convened. Good. Anyway, Thank you. Uh, so anyway, I just want to pay my parking ticket. You're going to have to wait until I get inside of one of these cows. Okay. <laughs> not sure how to do that. So Floyd's defense attorney was the judge who had found Floyd and Jack not guilty of shooting each other. So Jesus. this whole so story. All this like incestuous like. Yeah. yeah. I'm the judge, the defendant, and the prosecuting defender. So Floyd was convicted of the assault, but he was given just a $100 fine and an hour in jail. Uh, yeah, that'll, he, and I'll tell you, an hour he will remember. But he refused to spend the hour in jail. And well, he, he doesn't have to. It'll be quite damaging. He appealed the sentence immediately and then posted bail. And We're then, willing to meet at five minutes. <laughs> then the next time he appeared in court, he revealed the governor had pardoned him. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. So, it, I mean, yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a good system to find uh, a government on. That's right. So Floyd also forced... Coombs, the guy he had shot, mm-hmm. to pay the $100 fine. 
Yeah. Um, and he also gets my balls around his neck forever. <laughs> it's such a Dick Cheney move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this drove home for many that the Allens had a different set of laws that they live mm-hmm. by. Author G.M.N. Parker, quote, Carroll County had two governments, one by the county and one by the Allen clan. Mm-hmm. So that same year, a constable went to Sid's home and served him with papers in a civil case. So Sid hit the constable in the head with a block of wood. It feels like the constables aren't respected. <laughs> so uh, it's a, an elected position, the constable. Uh, oh, interesting. So, but, still so he, can, so, but again, it doesn't matter what you're elected to. Wood hurts. Yes, but uh, assume that that constable is a Republican and he's a Democrat. Right. Because that's how all this stuff is working. So right. uh, he's tried and arrested for assault, convicted, and given a $100 fine. Man. The judge who served in Carroll County courtroom from 1904 to 1908 said this about the Allens. Quote, several of them at that time were rated as very bad, dangerous men. Floyd Allen was perhaps perhaps the worst of the clan, overbearing, vindictive, high-tempered, brutal, with no respect for the law and little or no regard for human life. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's come across so far. <laughs> he went on to say Floyd got out of all of his arrests because witnesses were afraid to testify. Right. In 1910, Sid was arrested for counterfeiting gold coins. Sid claimed his friend and employee was making the counterfeit coins on a plating machine Sid had bought, but he didn't know anything about it. Always how it works, too. It's the Isn't rogue it how employees. It works? Yeah, yeah, it's the rogue employees. Yeah, like you buy a nice coin plating machine, and then yeah, one of your employees... plate some just... coins, and then one of your dirty, dirty, delinquent employees decides he's going to use it for gold. Right, I was doing that was, it for a by hobby. By the way, that was not what it was intended for. This was just a sweet escape. <laughs> A man who enjoyed making coins. Legit coins. So he had been using these coins all over the country. I'm not sure if he did it when he went on that trip. But the prosecution brought 30 witnesses from all over the county to testify against Sid. So he's got... (laughs) So 30 fucking people. It's a lot. Yeah. A local reporter called it, quote, the most grueling examination ever heard here. Sid's employee, his friend, was found guilty and got five years. Sid was found not guilty. Well, but from what I heard early, Dave, it, that actually lines up with what I heard early. This yeah. employee just, just took it upon themselves to just do this. So Disgusting. Then the prosecutor, it's called something else here, but the prosecutor uh, filed perjury charges for his witness testimony in the trial. And for that, he was found guilty. And then he appealed and was given a new trial date on the appeal. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they literally... Sid, Sid, Sid's given a new trial date. Yes. They, yeah, okay. they, they are found guilty, and then right there right. they go, I appeal. And the judge goes, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a good move. More people should do that. In the summer of 1911, Floyd was in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and he got into a brawl in the middle of the street. A cop named Cody arrested him, and Floyd was fined $25. A little while later, Floyd ran into the cop in Carroll County and beat uh-huh. the shit out of him. Okay. A month after that, Floyd was back in Mount Airy on business, and he's riding out of town when someone hails him. 
Hey, Floyd. He turns. Cody already has his gun out, and he shoots. The first shot just hit Floyd's clothes. What? This, well, you know, like to the side. Yeah. Like your jacket Lots of or whatever. Fabric. Sure. Fabrics. The second shot hit a revolver that Floyd kept in his breast pocket and saved Jesus his life. Christ. Now, that was what Floyd said. Cody said Floyd accosted him on the street because he had arrested someone in the Allen clan and Floyd had gone for his gun first. Mm. Now, they go to trial, and at the trial, they, Cody's lawyer puts Floyd on trial as a dangerous man, bringing up all of the fights he's had and the shootings. And Floyd was known to brag at this point that he'd been shot 13 times. But he explained every incident away and said it was all justified. He never started anything. Cody was found guilty and got five years. Wow. Uh, Floyd had to plead guilty to carrying a concealed weapon because it had (laughs) saved his life. Right. He was fined $25. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So at at this time, farmers had, like, get-togethers when their corn, corn crops came in. Sure. Where men, men would come, they'd have like a big party, and the men would go out in the barn and have like corn shucking contests. Sure. It's called a housing bee. So in this, if a young man shucked a corn cob and there was a red kernel in it, that meant he could kiss the girl of his choice before dinner. Uh, this, <laughs> like corn mistletoe? It's like rapey corn. Like it's just yeah. like... <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that's the way... Yeah. What does she think? Well, it don't matter what she think. You found a red kernel. You do what you want, boy. Yeah. I, cho- I choose to kiss you. Uh, can I kiss one of the sheep? All right, Gabriel. Hurry up. Mm-hmm. All right, that's enough. That's enough, boy. Mm-hmm. That's enough, boy. You Get didn't say how sheep. long. You didn't say how long. Jesus Christ. So... He decides on the girl to kiss. Now, that girl is at the time being courted by another guy. Sure. Wesley Edwards. This is the kid who gets the red colonel. Now, Wesley Edwards is part of the Allen clan. His mom married an, an Edwards. So, sure. He, he's an Allen. Okay. He kisses, he kisses the girl. So, the, the guy is mad. Sure. Yeah. And, and by the way... The girl probably felt something, but there's no record of that. <laughs> That's right. There is absolutely none. I did look for that. If the girl had any opinion on yes. whether or not she was. <laughs> uh, and uh, history has forgotten what she thought. That's right. The next day, Wesley Edwards was in church. His, his uh, Garland, Uncle Garland, Floyd's brother, is now a reverend. Okay. Um, and he's doing a service. And he gets called out of church. So I guess these kids, the the other boy came and started yelling at him from outside. So he goes out and he gets into a fist fight outside the church with the Perfect. boy is courting the girl. And then Wesley's brother, Sid, runs out and joins in the fight. And then afterwards, the Edwards brothers are charged with assault and interfering with worship. The other boys are not. God, I mean, it's getting a little, I mean, it's, it's brash. It is. And it's because the Edwards are 
Democrats right. and the other boys are Republicans. And right now, right. Republicans control the prosecuting, uh, the prosecution and uh, office and everything else. Right. So uh, when the Allens hear about the indictments, they're pissed. And Floyd tells the boys to go to Mount Airy, which is in another state. It's in North Carolina, out of jurisdiction so the Florida cops can't get them. So the boys go there. Now, the Allens believe the boys are being prosecuted strictly because of politics. Being Democrats, they, the Allens have longstanding feuds with Republicans. Now, one Republican it's amazing was, for them, uh, for once, for one time, for them to be like, well, the system is bullshit. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we know. Because of you, we know. Uh, so one of the Republicans is Dexter Goad. He had run for clerk, and the Allens not only opposed him, but Floyd and some other Dems signed a complaint saying he cheated. Goad also said the Allens and Democrats got people drunk to win votes, so they, they just hate each other. It's just right. other sides of the aisle. And that's just campaigning. I mean, that's yeah. just good old campaigning. Um, anytime he ran, the Allens would try to stop him, and the Allens had held different offices. Floyd had been elected constable, supervisor, appointed deputy sheriff. Jack had been constable, and Jack's son ran for Commonwealth attorney, but was beaten by a guy named William Foster. And the Allens really hated Foster. Okay. Floyd and Foster had actually gotten into a fist fight years before because of their political differences. And Floyd, Floyd beat up Foster, of course. But from then on, Floyd and Foster sworn enemies. And Foster, being the Commonwealth attorney, he is the one who filed the charges against the boys. Okay. So the Allens blame Goad and Foster for the charges. Sure. Yeah. Well, it was about time, though, for someone to actually get. Like, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, so even though it's out of their jurisdiction, the sheriff sends two deputies. Peter Easter and Pink Samuels. Jesus. Together we're Pink Easter. Deal with it. <laughs> That's right. On an all-new episode of Pink Easter. Badass cops. I'm Sheriff Easter, and I'm John Pink. And together we are Pink Easter. Come out of the building with your hands up. I don't People know why. take us I mean- seriously because of our names. I mean, Pink is a surname, but it, the fact that it's you name your kid the first name Pink, it's a rough this one. This is Pink uh, because of his skin. And this is Blotchy, his brother, <laughs> also because of his skin. Uh, so he sends these two sheriff's deputies down to arrest the Edwards boys. And they do. And on the way back, for whatever reason, they tie the boys to the wagon posts. So they're forced to walk the whole way back, right? Okay, right. Now, some say they just happened to pass by Floyd's house. Mm-hmm. Others say they did it on purpose to rub it in. Sure. Uh, either way, Floyd was pretty fucking mad when he saw his yeah. nephews, quote, trussed up like hogs. So the two deputies say they were then attacked by Floyd, Sid, and Jack's son. Floyd said he requested... They released his nephews, and when they didn't, he took their guns away and untied the boys. The deputies <laughs> said they were attacked at gunpoint and beaten. So two different stories. I think we know who's probably right. Yep, <laughs> right. But I think Floyd, Floyd has been a lawman or is a lawman at this time. Anyway, he brings the boys the next day to court to, to you know, 
stand up against the charges. Sure. So it's not like he it's not like he broke them uh, out of uh, custody and then and then was like run free on the lamb, right? Which uh, goes to his point that they were being mistreated. Like there was no reason to have him, you know, tied up and walking behind the yeah wagon. Yeah. But when it gets there, Floyd is arrested, as is Sid and Jack's son. So now Goad is the guy who puts together the jury lists. And Floyd is told that Goad could get a jury that would acquit if Floyd started supporting Goad politically. Okay. Okay. So Floyd responds to that by swearing out a warrant against Deputy Easter for shooting at him when he took the the boys away from the wagon. So when he attacked the wagon, he said Deputy Easter shot at him. So now he's... Swear, swearing a warrant to get that guy arrested. Okay. Which is going against the previous offer. Yeah, I mean, none of it. Right. Yeah, oh, it's definitely right. going against previous offer. He's not doing right. that. Right. So while all this is going on, the judge in Floyd's trial, the judge who's been appointed to oversee Floyd's trial, Judge Massey. Judge tries Massey? To, Ma- Massey. Where's that gavel? Oh, God <laughs> damn it. Where's my robe? Oh, I swear my head, if it wasn't screwed on, I just... Oh, there's got syrup all over these files somehow. I had waffles in here earlier, and they just... Now it's on my face. Now I've got syrup on my eye. Before I can't find my robe. I've got no gavel. There's syrup all over my... This is just another classic case for Judge Messy. (laughs) (laughs) Followed by Pink Easter. (laughs) So... Messi tries to appoint Floyd as a special police officer to keep the peace at a damn construction site that is happening. So while all this is happening, he's like, you would be a good like cop, right? On now. a side note, would you like to work together <laughs> on so, another project? <laughs> so Jack sees Deputy Pink Samuels on the street in Hillsville, and he demands to know why the deputy charged his son. The deputy says he's taken as much shit from the Allens as he was going to take. And then Deputy Samuel starts backing up and reaching for his gun. And Jack tells him to take his hand off the gun or he's going to kill him. And then Who's Deputy, the cop here? And then Deputy Samuels ran away. They're both cops. They're both Jack, cops. Jack so is a having, constable. Right. Dep, the Samuels is a, a It's two cops. Yeah. Right. The sheriff and a... And a so rumor was also out that Floyd sent word that he would kill Samuels if Samuels testified. So court date comes. Pink Samuels does not show up as a witness. So the okay. trial gets postponed. It gets postponed a couple times because Samuels isn't showing up. And then, the dep- and then the judge reprimands Floyd and Jack for intimidating witnesses. And he threatens to bring in the state military to maintain order if the deputies couldn't handle it. Now, Floyd's not happy being talked to like this. And he was heard to later say he, quote, would not let any man talk to me that way. Oh, boy. Even though he's a judge, it's like his job to talk to you that way. Right. Yeah. But he's like, no, that man was judging me the whole time. So the trial happens on March 12th. Three Three weeks before, Foster receives a letter telling him he would die if Floyd is found guilty. 
Okay. Right? So the guy, the, the, the prosecuting attorney, get death threat. That makes my job difficult. <laughs> this is quite a predicament they've put me in. So Foster repeatedly tells the judge that the Allens would do anything to avoid justice. And he shows the letter to the judge and asks for more armed deputies to be at the trial. The judge is like, no, we're not doing that. Quote, I think that would show cowardice on our part. And again, that is what we're fighting here. We want to look good in the long run, dead or alive. So they're all carrying guns into the court now. The prosecuting attorney, Goad, they're all, now they're all armed. And so are the Allens. The Allens are just always great. armed. So, this is great. So Floyd's lawyer was now the same judge who was too scared to act as the railroad guy's attorney. Okay. <laughs> That's my favorite part of this. Yeah. The judge. So the- yeah. So the jury, the jury cannot re- reach a verdict on the day of the trial. So the judge has them sequestered in a hotel. And the next morning, they're going to they're gonna say their verdict. So 100 people come. Uh, and they just pack the courtroom. There are a lot of Allens there, mostly in the back. At 8.30 a.m., jury comes in and reads the verdict. Guilty. Mm. And they give him a year in prison and a thousand dollar fine. Wow! So he asked for an appeal, and the judge says no. What the fuck? No! That's how we do this. That's when I get to pay twenty five dollars and leave. <laughs> and then the judge tells the sheriff to take Floyd away. Now Floyd stands up, moves about five feet away from his lawyer. Lawyer says he looked like a guy who was about to say something, but wasn't sure what to say yet. Sure. And then Floyd said, quote, gentlemen, I ain't a going. <laughs> That's uh, not an option, sir. <laughs> now, there's different stories of who did it first. Uh, but the only thing certain is that someone shot. Okay. Then all hell broke loose. The Allens, all over the courtroom, in the back, over to the side, all yeah. pulled their guns and start shooting. Goad, Foster, and all the deputies and the sheriff pull their guns and start shooting. (laughs) Oh, my God. Spectators fucking screaming, running out, jumping out of windows. Floyd gets shot in the pelvis first. He falls on top of his lawyer, who is now crouching down. He falls on top of him and then keeps shooting in a laying position on top of his lawyer. And the lawyer yells at him, quote, Floyd, they're going to kill me shooting at you. It's not. It's the last person you want laying on you. <laughs> All right, we're in this together. No, get off of me. We're a team. We're like pink and Easter. <laughs> it's hard to say who with all these bullets flying, but the judge is shot first in the chest. Uh, oh, blood's th- everywhere. Classic judge, messy. Floyd is making his way to the back of the room. Making his way. Um, Excuse me. Foster is shot six times and staggers toward the jury room where he falls and dies, still clutching his gun. Jesus. Sheriff Webb, who was obviously walking towards Floyd, was shot very quickly and killed several times shot. People, like I said, they're jumping out of windows, 
One man from the jury said he heard an Allen say, I'll get that son of a bitch as he jumped out a window and then he was shot from behind as he ran. Wait, he someone someone jumped out the window and they just chased him to kill him, you mean? He just shot him out from... Oh, yeah, just so from a, the window. A guy leaps out the window and then Allen goes over and shoots him because he was on the there jury. There we go. Right. Sure. Uh, the <laughs> gunfight then moves out into the street. Sure, the casually. Allens, the Allens go outside. They're now hiding behind a Confederate soldier statue while reloading their guns. Do you think someday they'll take monuments like this down? <laughs> I don't know. Goad now has been shot in the mouth, and the bullet went out the back of his neck, but he still manages to run out and keep shooting, and he's part of the gunfight outside. He shoots hey, both. Everybody, <laughs> stop. Stop. You're it out. He shoots both Floyd and Sid. The Allen clan makes their way for the stable, and they get on their horses and they t- take off, but not Floyd because he's now too injured. He's been shot in the pelvis, the knee, and the thigh. Mm. So his son, Victor, takes him to the Elliott Hotel where they hide inside of a room. <laughs> so okay. inside the courtroom, Judge Massey, Sheriff Webb, Foster, the jury foreman are all dead. Jesus. The judge told the bystander, quote, Sid Allen killed me just before he died. Ugh. A 19-year-old female witness was also shot. She was in the, uh, what's it called, the galley or gall- whatever gallery. Uh, sure. She just gets up and walks home and dies the next day. She's like 19. What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, probably no one I don't want to be rude and ask anyone to help. <laughs> I'll just walk it off. Where do you live? <laughs> About a day away. <laughs> You're bleeding a lot. It'll work out. I'll just get home at some point. Figure it out. Taxi. No, it doesn't matter. Ooh. Now. Sure is cold. Now, the thing about the sheriff being dead is that's actually a pretty big problem because the law in Virginia says that when a sheriff dies, all his deputies. A new one emerges from the hills (laughs) like the Dalai Lama. No, the opposite. All of his deputies are no longer deputies. So anybody he deputized <laughs> is now no longer. And what they kind have of to crazy wait. video game shit is that? They have to wait to elect a new one. All so right, is- boys, the plan is this. We are no longer deputies, but once we have a free and fair election in the next six months, we can pick this back up. Until then, we are shot at as regular citizens. Any questions? Right, so there's no there's no law in the town except right. Jack, who's a constable. But Jack is Jack is immediately fired because he's an Allen. Right. So So now there's really no law at all. There's no law. Right. The assistant clerk of the court sends a telegram to the governor, quote, send troops to the county of Carroll at once. Mob violence, court, commonwealth's attorney, sheriff, some jurors, and others shot. On the conviction of Floyd Allen for a felony, sheriff and Commonwealth attorney dead, court series, look out for this now. So. Was it a singing telegram? <laughs> it was delivered by I, an Unfortunately, I, they did check the singing box. <laughs> There's been an outbreak of violence in the courthouse down there, and we're going to need some deputies soon. So. Yeah, so everyone's freaking out. Um, the deputies take off. Like, they're like, well, we're not deputies now. We're not sticking we're around for this people. shit. 
Yeah. The people in Hillsville are, are scary that the Allens are going to come back and kill all of their enemies. Sure. But the governor doesn't send troops. Of course not. He sends something worse. Cake. The Baldwin Feltz Detective Agency. So mm. think of like the Pinkertons for, uh, f- for the Appalachians and other, other places where there's coal. It's basically coal mine unions that they're the enemy of. Okay. This is the really first big case that would give them national attention and send them on to their awesome career of just being amazing pieces of shit. So you can remember them when we talked about, um, when we talked about the uh, Colorado government situation that involved labor wars when, mm-hmm. when uh, a wagon was driven through a miner's family camp and they shot with machine guns at the families. Well, that's but the, to be that's, fair, that's the camp guys. was in the way of their wagon. That's right. So. so that's that's these guys. That's who they are. Okay. All right. Um, they had already made a name for themselves for their violence against labor unions. Uh, they would also become famous for a gunfight with miners at uh, Metuan, which should be a labor holiday because so many of them were killed. Mm. But uh, they're just really terrible fucking people. So they found out where Floyd was. Uh, pretty quickly, and they arrested him at the hotel the next day. Photographs of the arrest. Let me see if I can show this to you. Photographs of the arrest were printed nationwide. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. So that's a picture of Feltz, who's one of the of Baldwin Feltz agency, and Floyd, who's in his bed while they're arresting him. Um, Jeez, Floyd does not look good. No, he looks really bad. <laughs> I mean, he looks really bad. So, so they, Feltz, who's of the Baldwin Feltz, one of the, the two main guys, he's one of those three, and he takes a picture because he knows it'll get publicity. He, like, understands the media, and, of course, the media right. just fucking loves that because it's a guy, you know, a criminal getting arrested in his bed Yeah. after doing what is now be called the Hillsville Massacre. So a massive manhunt takes place in the county with the Baldwin Feltz, Agents trying to find people who were at the shootout uh, in the Allen clan. So over a month, they're searching um, and catching Allens. Gunfights and arrests make headlines across America, but that's really not happening. In truth, the agents are kind of bumbling fucking idiots. They also spend a lot of time just posing on horseback with their guns for photographers. And the fugitives are actually sleeping in warm beds and eating nice meals at relatives' house. They're not running around scared, but that's the, the, the impression across the country is that these amazing agents are seeking out these hillbillies, and it's not at all what's really going on. Um, well, but that, I mean, but that's just an early lesson in American political strategy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the agents are actually sleeping outside in the rain. Like, they're having a horrible time of it. So, right. But some of the Klan did turn on... Others over rewards. More often, though, they did it to, like, help. Like, one would say, well, if you give my son a walk, then I'll tell you where my cousins are. That kind of thing. Right. Um, The U.S. media does its usual job on people in the Appalachian area. Across the country, they write about these backwards people who were in clans killing each other over grudges. Even though the Allens are wealthy, successful, somewhat educated... They're portrayed as anything but. Uh, 
Right. Everyone in Carroll County is portrayed as isolated, backwards mountain people. The stereotypes are accepted by everybody. A popular New York magazine called Everybody's Magazine wrote, quote, they hated those who had taken the rich lowlands on each side of them, and this hatred bred a suspicion of all men not of their kind. They cut themselves off from all intercourse with the world. Then, through the years, the men with a price on their heads took to the mountains. Harbor was given them, not because they as individuals asked it, but because they had struck at the social system of those whom the mountaineers hated. Thus was hot blood made hotter, and the temptuous spirit of the hill people kept ever alive. The hill people? I mean, it's just so... Obviously, the (laughs) media is fantastic. Is that uh, a calculated decision because it means that you don't have to actually change anything? This is just kind of a one-off, like... It's not a class problem. It's just a these people problem, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I think we can talk about that. Let's talk about that after. But uh, okay. yeah, I think that that's an important... How we treat people from the Appalachians is really interesting and totally fucked. Right. The final Allen fugitives who were on the lamb were Sid and his nephew, Wesley. Uh, and they actually flee, and they go to Iowa. They get jobs. They're living there. And then they're captured six months later. So... Huge crowds come out to see Sid and Wesley when they're brought back to Roanoke. They're paraded down Campbell Avenue in the town in a topless car, like fucking caught game with mm-hmm. the, the agents all around them. When in actuality, mm-hmm. what do the agents do? Nothing, really, because it turns out Wesley's girlfriend had turned them in uh, for reward money. So people started to think that maybe the Allens weren't guilty, that maybe they didn't shoot first and were protecting themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe Goad and the sheriff had shot first. The public split into two camps at this point, and it's all over the country. Floyd and his son, Claude, went on trial first for first-degree murder, separate trials. Claude was good-looking. He wore very stylish suits. He photographed well, so he became a celebrity. Sure. For this trial, guns are not allowed in court for some reason. Wow, what a weird system. In May 1912, Floyd was convicted of murdering William Foster. Claude was convicted of conspiring to kill Foster. So they were and the, being easy on the uh, eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so they made the argument in court that the Allens had planned to kill everybody beforehand, and the jury bought it. Wow! Uh, many of those who had read stories of the backwards Allens around the country felt sympathy. And they wrote to the governor seeking clemency because, quote, they've always lived in the wilds of the mountains and are uneducated, rugged, pioneer, backwoods men, sensitive, high-tempered, and restive of restraints. So all of which, Mm. like, okay, they were high-tempered, but the rest of it is just bullshit. They're not. Yeah, it's... Yes. And yeah, like we were sort of alluding to, like it takes the culpability off of society. Yeah. A Connecticut doctor wrote, quote, the Allens are a passionate, tenderhearted, childish people and people who would never stoop so low as to form a conspiracy to shoot up a court. So all these people around the country um, are, are saying that they shouldn't be sent to death 
Basically because they're dumb, simple the s- people. The s- the Yeah, they're products of their environment, which it's, damaged them. It's kind of amazing. So right. those who supported the sentence were adamant that law and order had to prevail, and they questioned the masculinity of those who wanted clemency. So, yeah, what do you got, no penis? <laughs> Is that your deal? Anyone who believes that can't fuck, period. <laughs> They labeled Allen's supporters as hysterically romantic toward the Klan, which was a feminine trait. Now, Governor Mann, who was the governor through all this... Uh, Just to be clear, that's Mann. (laughs) I know, it's kind of amazing. He was always riding the masculinity wave. Just days after the shooting, he'd written to Goad, quote, You have the nerve to follow these men out of the courthouse. Continue firing the wounded. It shows your views are filled with the red blood of Virginia ancestors. So there's this huge across the country and everywhere. Like I think I think it's a liberal conservative thing where the conservatives mm-hmm. are calling the liberals basically pussies for not wanting to have these guys sent to death. Right. Uh, so that's sort of what the battle's over. The 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 governor actually allows them two hearings. And at the end of it, he says, no, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and kill you. So on March 28, 1913, Floyd is strapped to an electric chair and mm. shocked four times for a minute each. He's pronounced dead at 1.26 p.m. Tell his death, he said he had acted in self-defense, that Goad was going to shoot him, and that it was all because he was a Democrat. Claude kill, uh, was killed 12 minutes later. He was just 24 years old. Same chair? I think so. So weird. They're expensive. I know, but still, it's just like, all right, it cooled down from Floyd. Your turn. Hose it, hose it off and put the boy in. Oh, look, you got skinnier wrists than him. So their bodies were taken to uh, Biley's funeral parlor where thousands of people came to see the corpse. Floyd's son, Victor, bitterly protested this viewing. So it was all done by the funeral parlor, just did it. They couldn't stop it's it. He crazy... He, Think that's crazy to be able to do that. You get to make some bucks. And then the day after the big show, then we'll have the funeral. <laughs> uh, newspapers reported there were school children uh, holding their books, mothers holding their babies, and young men and women on dates laughing and talking as they looked at the bodies. <laughs> Want to get a malt after this? <laughs> so. Victor uh, was uh, given the bodies at 11 p.m. and they were sent to Mount Airy. Other Allens got lesser sentences. Sid got 35 years. Sid was convicted of like four people. The other thing that kept happening now was after the first trials was that uh, now they were getting lesser sentences. They were all getting second uh, degree murder as opposed to first right. degree. No matter how they, they were using the same case, you know, the same arguments. But they were just like, we can't get these guys on anything bigger. So they, some of them, they actually just pled down and said, how about five years for killing this guy? And so hmm. Sid gets 35 years, Wesley Edwards, 27, uh, two other nephews, uh, Friel and Sid Edwards, 18 and 15. Jack Allen, as I said, was fired uh, from his constable position after the shootout. And in 1916, he and a man on the street started arguing about the shootout in the court. And the man pulled the gun and shot Jack dead. Wow. That's quite, uh, yeah, interesting to be that, to, to need to be... <laughs> Right enough about that situation that you'll create your own shootout. Well, it's still uh, apparently in the area. It's still 
Oh, really? Or at least it was uh, from a documentary I saw. Still something you tread lightly because there's still people related to both sides. And again, remember, it's a Democrat-Republican thing. Yeah. That, that really is, that's something that seeps right. through all this. So, Which is you, kind of sweet. Yes, it is really sweet. So, kind of a sweet romantic moral at the end. Um, Political. There's a lot of pressure now on the governor in the 20s to pardon all of the Allens. Thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of signatures on petitions. So Sid is pardoned and released in 1926. They're all pardoned. Um, Sid gets out in 1926. He publishes a memoir. It sells very well. And then he also traveled around North Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia, showing an exhibition of complicated furniture he had built out of small pieces of wood while he was in prison. So this is what I call my exhibition of complex and complicated furniture. Uh, You can see here we've got a two-legged stool. Not anything simple, I'll say that. Is that made out of Uh, toothpicks? This is made uh, made out of uh, mostly toothpicks. So again, not for sitting. Uh, This ottoman here, it has a big hole in the middle, so it sort of looks like a donut. So if you were to try to rest your feet on the ottoman, your feet would not rest on... Pretty complicated. And that's made out of hammer hammer handles? This is a hammer-handled ottoman. Uh Uh-huh. With a big hole in the middle. Well, I am. Uh, I got to say, I got to say, I'm very... I'm just getting warmed up. This is a bed I've nailed to the wall. But I'm very happy I came to this exhibition. This is wonderful. Oh, and it's only going to get further complicated. It's super Mm -hmm. weird. Mm -hmm. Here's a mirror... But it's broken. It's oh. like, what the f-, f am I gonna do with that? It's complicated stuff. No, you made a really a, a, a really good choice while in prison. Yeah, no, a lot of people were getting degrees and uh, learning about religion. I just made like for here, for instance, I made a toothbrush wardrobe. Now is See that, that? A, is that a Peloton? This is a Peloton. This is a Peloton made out of fingers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a great system. So, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of complicated stuff like that. So (laughs) there you go. Don't let anyone tell you prison's not good for something. (laughs) All right. amazing thing is is that that was his plan in prison was to build the furniture and take it on exhibition. Feeder, feeder, feeder. And it was successful. Oh, yeah, right. And it, right, yeah, people in jail were probably like, uh... Do you want to maybe start painting or something? <laughs> no. My world of complicated furniture will go on tour. Uh, Sid maintained his entire life that the Allens had not shot first. He died in 1941 in Hillsville. The Hillsville Massacre is considered the end of sort of rugged individualism in the area, giving away to communal justice. The time when clans controlled the law was said to have died... There are still two bullet holes visible in the wooden stairway in front of the old Carroll County Courthouse. Most evidence seems to prove that Claude Allen fired the first shot in court. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, geez. Uh, sources, uh, a courtroom massacre, politics and public sentiment in progressive era, Virginia by Randall L. Hall. And then a couple of articles, the Hillsville Massacre and the Roanoke 
and uh, Relic.com, The Courthouse Tragedy Gunfight in Hillsville in 1912. You can find those on our sources page. Um, we're going to come back and discuss this, uh, all this stuff we want to talk about. Uh, first, I wanted to say... Um, uh, if you like sauces, uh, if you're a sauce connoisseur, if you're looking for great tasting sauces, uh, and sauces are important. You imagine uh, buffalo wings without uh, the hot sauce, French fries without ketchup, tortillas, uh, chips without salsa. It's just, it's all, sauce is important. It's important to all of us in our lives. Uh, that's why we're talking about uh, truff. Truff is a Sauce, hot sauce. We uh, got the, the boxing. I I keep going back to the boxing of truff because it's a, it's amazing how awesome it looks. It's like what you would present to a queen or a king. Yeah, it's um, award. It looks like you're winning award sauce. <laughs> uh, they got a bunch of different flavors: uh, bright uh, chili kick, uh, undercurrent of savory truffle, balanced with a dash of sweetness from agave and nectar. Um, good holiday gift. They got a, a, a flagship hot sauce, a hotter sauce. They got a white truff sauce. It's all, it's all happening. Uh, they got a variety pack of three sauces. That's the one we got that looks very fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been on a tons of shows. Today's show, Good Morning America, Rich Ray, Food Network, Food and Wine, on and on. Uh, they're one of Oprah's favorite things for two years in a row. So check it out. See for yourself why Truff is the biggest hot sauce on Instagram and TikTok. Get 10% off site-wide when you use promo code dollop at truff.com. That's 10% everything, including white Truff VIP box and Truff variety pack, just in time for the holidays. Just shop at truff.com. That's T-R-U-F-F, F is in fantastic, .com. Use promo code dollop. Do it. So... The reason I kind of wanted to do this one is because there's um, there's that new Ron Howard movie, which is out on uh, Netflix, mm-hmm. which is um, that it's very strange to me that people, particularly uh, liberals, it's okay for them to shit on um, people from Appalachia and just do it relentlessly. Um, Hillbilly Elegy is the movie, and it's based on D, uh, J.D. Vance's book. Now, J.D. Vance didn't grow up in Appalachia. He grew up near it in Ohio. Um, he wasn't... He, he The thing about... The problem with the way that uh, they portray these people is that it's not... They make it as if you can... That the problems are not systemic and, and um, economics... And they make it as if you just, if you just work hard and pull yourself up from the bootstraps, you can get out of that fucking hellhole. And it's just bullshit. J.D. Vance is a VC, you know, uh, a rich guy who wrote a book that's just if you if you try hard, you can make your way out of there. And that's not the reality for a lot of people. If you look at the statistics, that's not how poverty works. That's not how coming from yeah. a, a, a tough background works. You need help. Everybody fucking needs help. And there's also the thing of like, there's a lot of people that don't want to get out of it. There's a lot of people that just don't, it's looked upon as this place that you have to escape. It's very strange to me. And, and this narrative, and this is one of the reasons that it exists. Like people take 
stories like a shootout, which is largely political animosity. And sure, a family who has uh, is predisposed to fucking violence, but you know that's happened everywhere in our country. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I mean, I mean uh, look at look at the Cuomo brothers. Are they a fucking clan? Is that a fucking powerful clan family? What is that thing? You know that you know. T- they had a father that was a governor, and the son's a governor, and another kid's on, on CNN. That's a fucking well, powerful Well, just to tie it, back, tie it fully back into the uh, entertainment world, uh, Andrew Cuomo's going to get an Emmy for being a governor. Because <laughs> Hollywood gets it. And then, like, um, California. Do people know that um, it's basically controlled by four families, the Browns, the Pelosi's, the Newsom's, and the Gettys. Gavin Newsom was adopted by the Gettys. They were all in business together, and they built Squaw Valley. Like, they just... These are clans. They exist everywhere. They're powerful, rich people who help each other out. Yeah. And they help their family out. And, And because this was more violence and stuff, but that violence has been going on everywhere, all over our country. And it still does today. And it's very, it's very weird to me that we have just selected this region to shit on. Yeah. And, I, you know, we cover it. We did a North Carolina episode that was... Uh, there's a really good book called White Trash that people should read, which is basically an explanation of how, of how that region became poor. And it's because that's how it was fucking set up from the beginning. They wanted those people to be poor. And they wanted to not give them anything. And so, yeah, it's, it's such a class thing in America where we just shit on these fucking people. And it's pretty fucking unacceptable. It's also, it's just the easy solution, you know, is to just say that that's that, that's that you know? That, that, that makes you feel like it's kind of solutionless, which means you don't have to do shit. Well, yeah, and if you blame, if you blame, like, well, they're just these backwards hillbilly fucks, then you don't really have to look at the systemic yeah, economic situation. Exactly. Uh, which again, just... which which is totally the goal of this country is to, as long as possible, make people not look at the economics as a huge, huge problem. Yeah, <clears throat> and look, violence comes out of shitty economic situations. Just go look at how much violence has increased since the pandemic started. People don't have anything. And if people don't have anything, they're going to fucking try to get it to survive. No, like when you, the like diaper theft and, you know, shit like, like people stealing things that they have to have, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. It's like, where, where does that actually become stealing? You know, when when you've had everything taken away from you and you need things to survive, at some point that stops feeling like that person is stealing and more like that person's just been stolen from for so long, you know? Yeah, it's a chip. And again, it's it's very fascinating to me that the, this is a powerful family, rich, very successful. You know, they own tons of land. They own they own the general store. Right. They, own, they, yeah. they have all the money and all the power. And, and yet, yet <laughs> and yet still they're crazy hillbillies when yeah. all of the media and particularly New York and and California when the when we get on our fucking high horse and look down I mean hillbilly hillbilly elegy is deeply offensive and I've only seen memes and clips and it seems extremely 
offensive. Go, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Go read a story or go read an article. I wish I had some examples. Maybe I'll look some up. But go read an article written by someone who's from there about that movie. Yeah. And again, that movie is no different than the shit that I read from that magazine in New York. It's yeah. just a different version of it. It's been going on for a hundred fucking years. A hundred yeah. fucking years. Like, when does that stop? It's funny. I used to use the term white trash when I was growing up. And a Marin, Mark Marin is actually, we were oh, years ago. He was like, yeah, I don't think that's a phrase we should use anymore. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. Like you have to, yeah. like if you're, if you're raised in these, with these attitudes, you really got to start thinking about what they mean and, and maybe take a look at yourself and, 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 you know, a lot of us were raised liberal and with these thoughts that I'm sorry, but we just think we're better than everybody else. Like that's how we were raised. Like we're better than that's why there's so much animosity yeah. is because liberals have for decades just thought they were fucking better than everyone else. They've, I, I think the attitude is very much they were born on third base and act <clears throat> like they hit a triple. And that's how I, I was know. raised, and I wasn't even yeah. I wasn't even wealthy. I was extremely poor in my, but I was in a very rich liberal area. But I was the poor kid, and I still came out with that attitude. Yeah, I mean the air like my my neighborhood where I grew up, like we definitely, I mean, at, like you know, it wasn't uh, terrible by any stretch, but it was certainly considered white trash. I mean, that was what it was termed as. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it is totally true. I mean, you know, we just have, we have so many problems and some are very specific to certain things. But the thing that we keep coming back to is that if you continue to economically not help people out, they have tougher, shittier lives. And, you know, we just continue to act like that's not the problem and that we can have billionaires in our government and that that is Fine. not a problem. Yeah, that that's not a big issue. And it, the reason, again, is because you're never going to hear a millionaire tell you that the money's the problem. You know, they just won't say that shit. They, they, nobody in the government will ever tell you the actual problem with the government because they're in it, and it's a clubhouse. Yeah. And so, you know, and, we, and it is, I mean, it's one of the things, you know, I've learned through doing this is that this is not a new problem. It's not even a problem. It's a feature. It's by design that this is how it works and that you're supposed to say, you know, what's the problem with the fucking Republican Party while the Republicans are saying, God, these Democrats are fucking idiots. And in reality, like, we're all right because we just are ruled by this class. And that's the problem is the class that we're ruled by. Until you actually shake that up and try to find some equality within there, you really won't know what the actual problems are because yeah. it's all it's all secondary to the fact that, like, yeah, if people can't afford shit, pro- a lot of problems are going to happen. It's just yeah. how, how it will be. When you have a capitalist society and you don't give people money and you starve them, you're going to get violence. Right. But, hey, $600. Hey, girl. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, well, happy holidays to everybody. And um, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is our Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why it was so jolly. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 